サードコーストベースラジオラジオスサヘルサリソベース第三海岸第一收音機第一海岸第一收音機第一海岸第一收音機第一海岸第一收音機第一海岸第一收音機第一海岸第一收音機第一海岸第一收音機第一海岸第一收音機第一海岸第一收音機第一海岸第一收音機第一海岸第一收音機第一海岸第一收And so sus. Yo, it's gonna be a straight, wild one.
from my own past Extracted the cancerous cells so I'm moving no bars I'm like Itachi, a renegade on my own path Compose art like Sai, live with a gold heart of mine In my own dimension, Obito and Kakashi Because they don't want me in the loop This is his army, feeling like the first Hokage Speaking to Sasuke, I hope they listen Till they feel my pain, bring a meteor to the solar system In the face of the ten tails with my pen fell Or is this what my destiny entrails? And frenemies acting up Used to be like Toby Rama or Madara But I saw through the bullshit I've got the Yakugan Try to attack you hit and miss like you was Abusa Saw the negative intent flow in your chakra Now the truth is getting in pain like a dragon uh. I resurrected Mozart through his own charge When they can't save, see the pain in this cold heart Lost to the soul, see the pain in this cold heart From eons of discovery, you are Mozart Animated Mozart through his bone shards in the tent safe. See the snakes, they got no heart. Windows to the soul, see the snakes, they got no heart. I'm still discovering who my foes are. Who my foes are. I'm still discovering who my foes are.
Yo, so that mix was absolutely what I needed to hear today, and I really appreciate it. Everybody, we have Kalen on the line, otherwise known as Zero Tep. How are you doing today, bro? Yo, I'm great. How are you? Doing super fantastic, man. So we're just going to hop straight into it, man. Um, who is Kalen? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you hail from? Do you have a musical background, if anything? What's going on with you? Um, well, I grew up in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, near Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, and I started making music when I was really, really young, like, what, 12 or 13, something like that. Um, I have a background in, like, choir for a really long time. Like, I was in top choirs uh, throughout, like, middle school, high school, college, and shit like that. Uh, jazz choir, especially. Really enjoyed that. Nice. So I have this this really weird, like, background in... Um, like jazz and psychedelic rock. Um, I play guitar, play keyboards. It's like, it's just like this really kaleidoscopic kind of interest in all sorts of music. Um, but then I moved to Portland, Oregon uh, two and a half years ago just to be closer to the scene out here, the bass scene. There were a bunch of people out here that knew zero type music at the time. And uh, yeah, it's been, <laughs> been an adventure since then. Nice. Yeah, man, we're super honored to have you on here. This is kind of a special edition with Third Coast Bass Radio because typically we, we've been staying in the South. We've been, you know, featuring a lot of local homies. But uh, this episode, we kind of just wanted to, you know, have some have some people from, you know, just wherever in the bass music community. And uh, we got you and we got So Sus from Canada. So it's, it's really nice to kind of expand a little bit. Um, so zero tep, that's your moniker. Um, where does that come from? Uh, cause it's, it's pretty unique. So what's the story behind, you know, your title? Oh man, I wish it was like a better story than it was. Uh, I tend, I tend to like pick names based on, um, their like practicality when Googling them <laughs> and also, uh, <laughs> uh, just kind of like what inspired me to get into the music at the time. So like, I remember when I first started making zero type music, um, it was like what, 2012, 2013. Mm -hmm. Good God, it seems like so long ago. Um, I was listening to some of like James Blake's early records. Um, and the guy was kind of like cross pollinating genres, you know, um, pushing things forward on the dubstep front, pushing things forward on the soul front, uh, just basically like making computer music amazing. And he had a song called, uh, tap in the logic. And I'd never heard that word before, so I just literally nicked it. Um, but I found out later that uh, TEP is actually like a, um, a scientific shorthand for, um, oh, good Lord, I don't remember what it is. I should look it up. But like um, <laughs> temperature and energy and pressure and things like that. So the idea of like zero TEP things taking place in just like this, uh, this stasis. Nice. I don't know. It's a very strange name. I think it, you know, I wanted it to be more associated with my music than anything that had come before it, you know? Yeah, dude, you're, uh, you use, your music is pretty unique. I've actually, I've been listening to you since around that time, too. Uh, I think the first track that caught my eye was uh, the track you did with Outlet, Whip. Man, I used to, oh my rinse, God, yeah. I used to rinse that shit out in pretty much any, any, any set that I had, that would be my last track that I played because it was just so damn good, man. And so just diverse on the spectral sound. Like it was really good, man. 
Um, so oh my God. And I, I remember, like, at that time, it was just, like, I, I, <laughs> Ellen and I were, like, very experimental, just kind of, like, digging into whatever sounds we could. And that track was, like, an attempt to make something just bigger than anybody else had made at the time. Like, almost comically EDM huge kind of track. <laughs> and he, like, he reached out to this friend of his who played saxophone. He was just like, I'm going to get a friend of mine to play saxophone on this. And I was like, oh, God, it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> it's going to ruin this entire track. Um, and then he sent it back, and I was just like, I basically fell out of my chair. Yes. I was like, oh, my God. Fucking next level, man. Like, seriously. <laughs> So let's let's get into your mix, man. Like uh, I literally felt just a different range of emotions throughout the whole mix. Like, um, you know, what are your tracks called, and what were they about? Uh, I'm sure you had a couple of unreleased in there, but it was just just really good. So let's get into your mix. Um, I think the what was it, the first couple of things that I played were something were some things from my last uh, couple of records. Faith On, which is this sort of deconstructed uh, footwork song, uh, leads off the entire mix. And uh, I released an album called The Trick of Physics, which was essentially like an attempt to bridge the genres of like jazz fusion, uh, new jazz with like footwork and bass music. So mm-hmm. There's like a lot of like hip hop elements blending in there with the jazz elements. Um, and then I, I went into some, oh, let me see here. Maximalist comes from this record that I did with Noah the Boy. It was like a split record, so I lent two tracks, he lent two tracks, and then uh, we collaborated on three. So that was one of mine. And then just like a, let me see here, like a bunch of like IDM-leaning stuff. Uh, my friend Hot Science from Wisconsin mm-hmm. makes some really cool music on um, really like lo-fi hardware, a whole bunch of uh, gear made by this company called Teenage Engineering. Yeah, OP one. I I really enjoy working with him. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, just some like remixes from friends of mine. Uh, my friend Microfist, who makes unbelievably cool IDM music. Uh, I got to remix one of his tracks. That's the first unreleased track that's in there, actually. Um, so you got just like all these like crazy acid bass lines dropping into this really hard kind of trap section, um, and then. Uh, a couple of remixes from uh, Katie Infinite, a friend of mine who's a, a vocalist and producer uh, who's unbelievably talented. Um, I actually got to work on his next record, and he's, oh my God, it's just soul music that is some of the most present, um, emotional, personal music in the world. And then, yeah, just like a bunch of bass tracks that I typically play out in sets, kind of like giving people, a, you know, trying to give people a good idea of what I tend to play when the night gets later, some heavy stuff. Right. You know, the freaks come out at night for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, you've collaborated with a ton of artists, man, some of which are a few of my favorite artists. You're one of my favorite artists. Noah the Boys, one of my Aww. favorite artists. I mean, Hot Science, I've heard of him, and he's got some sex for sure, man. So, like, what's your what's your collaborative process? Do you usually just, like, lock yourself in the studio with that person for a couple of days and knock one out? Or, like, what do you guys, you file share? Um, because with me and collaborating, it's always been, it's, it's kind of ironing out the awkwardness into creating something beautiful for me. That's always been my, my, uh, my process with collaborating with people. How is it for you? It depends. Uh, like I've worked with people who, um, 
don't understand the look of what's going on in the studio. So it's easier for me to like take the reins and kind of harness their ideas and try and like um, read into their vision and see what they want to get out of the process in the end and try and like meet them halfway. But other times, like um, especially working with like bass producers that really know what they're doing, like uh, whenever I work with Noah the boy, like sometimes we get in each other's way when we're both sitting at the computer trying to like take control of the process. So it's easier for me to just be like, okay, you take the controls and then, you know, I'll just fuck off and I'll go do something for like an hour and he'll have come back and like completely changed uh, <laughs> all of this stuff and just, you know, improved the track like tenfold. If I was sitting there looking over his shoulder, it would completely destroy, you know, the vibe that he gets in. So it just, it just depends, you know, sometimes I, sometimes you have to give a lot to, to get to the other side. Sometimes it just works out. You know, I've had a lot of collaborative experiences um, with some really big name people that just didn't work out. And, you know, it's always disappointing, but at the same time, everybody's process is so different. Yeah. And I can't knock somebody for, you know, having a process that just conflicts with mine. Just happens. Yeah, totally. So what about, what about your own process? You know, you're just, you're working on a track in the studio by yourself, the DAW is empty and blank. What is your your normal go-to methods? I'm sure it's just all over the place. It is pretty all over the place, yeah. Um, good Lord. Sometimes it just starts with a riff, you know? I'll, um, especially in, like, my rock music, um, I, I got used to, to starting with a riff and starting with an idea and kind of, to, like, trying to write something that became the counterpoint to that. So a lot of my music starts with harmony and chords, and then kind of progresses from there. It's not always the case. Um, but it's usually like taking one idea and expanding on it and trying to like, you know, I don't have a template that I work from. I don't have something that opens up by default when Ableton comes in. I don't even save a lot of my presets. You know, I'll take them from other projects if I know that there's a sound that I want. Yeah. But I, I really just prefer to start from scratch. Um, and it makes my music a bit scatterbrained. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. I want Zero Tech Music to really be overwhelming. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I've been listening to your shit since practically day one, probably, and it's it's always surprising <laughs> to hear exactly, like, it, no no two tracks are alike, for sure. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So pandering to the producers out there, you say that you work um, on Ableton. Is that your... Go to DAW. Do you work on anything else? Do you think that Ableton creates the beat? Like, could you do what you do on other DAWs, or how do you, how do you feel about that? Um, it's weird. You know, I've been working with DAWs now for um, probably a decade, and uh, there's a very specific process that they cater to. You know, like I used to work in. Um, Acid Music Studio, which was a lot like Ableton in that it was designed to be used for loops. So it was it was meant for this kind of like drag and drop kind of process of creation. And so um, with Ableton, you kind of have to dig deeper to blow that open. Um, but I've been interested in using other programs like Renoise, um, which is a tracker. So you have to essentially like put in all of your parameters and your notes uh, by hand in this giant grid of um of things and it essentially like you know plays them and you can cut parts up it's like an early way of making music for computers mm-hmm. um but that's 
it, you know, completely changed up the kind of music that I made. Nowadays, I've been um, using Ableton as kind of like an engine for composition itself. I've been making um, some like minimalist music, which is uh, it uses um, Ableton's follow actions to essentially uh, like <laughs> play certain elements of the melody by chance, and you know, moves on to the next bits by chance. And that's kind of been interesting because it removes the DAW element from it. But Ableton's a really powerful piece of software that when you get used to using it, um, it's got so many options under the hood. It's flexible, it's interconnectable. I mean, you could improvise entirely within Ableton if you set up the structure to do so. And that's kind of what I've been really interested in lately. Right. So are you uh, um, more leaning towards the software? Do you have any, like, hardware synths or anything that you kind of go to? Or uh, I know you say you play guitar and all that. Um, you record that into the DAW as well. But is there any other, like, hardware that kind of you fancy? I borrow hardware synths from time to time, but I'm mostly in the box. Like, if you walked into my studio, I mean, hell, it's not even a studio. I use really pretty cheap gear. I was using the same keyboard and sound card that I had been using since I was like 15, uh, up until last year. Uh, I still use the same guitars that I was using. I still have the first guitar that my parents ever bought me. Nice. So like in the box stuff is really good, but I do have like, um, I have a group of, uh, guitar pedals that I break out to. They're just sitting on my desk and they're always wired that I can, um, put them into Ableton. I got, a a fuzz pedal, a carbon copy delay pedal, this uh, boss bass overdrive pedal, which is um, amazing. Between that and the fuzz, they are really, really good at making bass lines sound crunchy. Then I have this flanger phaser. God, I wish I could show it to you because I went into the store and I asked for the most complex phaser that they had, and the dude pulled out this thing that has 10 knobs, uh, six switches on it, it's able to phase back onto itself. Um, you're able to control the phase uh, if you want to, which is awesome if you're making bass music because you can kind of like really subtly change the tone. Yeah, that's intense. Guitar pedals are pretty sweet. Yeah, I have a an Aventide H9 harmonizer, which kind of like does like all of that, but it's literally like two switches, but it's just so much going on in the box and I can control it with my phone. It's my go-to for any type of effects, for sure. I love that stuff. So, um, so what does ZeroTep have going on for 2019? Um, what future projects do you got going on? You got some, uh, you got some unreleased tracks in this mix. Are those going to drop soon? You got any collaborations coming up? Uh, events, festivals. I know you're going to be at Compression Festival in April for Bicycle Day and 420 which we're extremely excited to have you on. Um, is there anything else you got going on? Oh, man, I'm excited for Compression, too. Um, I've got... I have a lot of unreleased stuff. Uh, in the past, I would just usually just kind of drop it without thinking about it, um, which is fun, but quality control is also a big deal at this point in my career. So I want to... There's a track that I have slated for release, I think, the week after Compression, as it happens. Um, that's nice. really big. Uh, it's got, um, I also do some vocals as MC architecture and, uh, uh, so I've been, I'm like, not exactly rapping, but speaking on that track. 
uh, I have these remixes that I've done for Microfist, that IDM producer from London I was talking about. Uh-huh. Um, I got two of, I got two remixes of his. He has two remixes of mine. None of them have been released so far, um, and they're all really, really good. We just want to get them out on an EP or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I have, I've just been making a lot more beats than I have over the last year, um, which is pretty good. Nice. If you want some inside knowledge, I have this song called Believe You Me that's almost finished, uh, which is like, I don't know, my roommate walked in and thought I was playing some, like, unreleased G. Jones track. <laughs> Yo, I want to hear <sighs> it. I'm excited. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, yeah. as far as, so you, you got all these unreleased beats coming out. I mean, so it seems like you're going to be, you're going to be doing a lot, um, this year musically now are you more of a self-releaser or do you try and cater to labels um how do you feel about that process uh it's weird i could go into the philosophy of it but um i self-release a lot just because i as a music consumer i tend to kind of like go and, and look for new things myself so when i stumble across somebody who's just been self-releasing dumping music into a corner of the internet it's kind of like a gold mine yeah to me you know I, I find that and i cherish it um so i i actually run a label called subviolet records which has um a whole bunch of projects that are all my projects i, I don't just make music in zero set um and i don't just make you know bass music or electronic music i have right a lot of other projects um and i I put them all on Subviolet. From time to time, I, I will release more on labels. I want to be doing that more, but I, I do have some kind of philosophical differences with capitalism. So sometimes it makes it hard for me to like uh, sell myself in a way that others do. Call it pride, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree. Um, it's just, it's kind of hard, especially, it's it's weird just trying to play their game, you know? I, I'd rather play my own game, and maybe that might make it or break it, but fuck it, I'd rather play my game than play their game and suffer from it emotionally and spiritually, you know? Yeah, the, the difference between, it's a difference between practices, you know? One, one person is out there trying to run a business and trying to satisfy fans and trying to sell records, and one person is out there um, trying to, chill their mind out you know like i make music because my mind is going a thousand miles a minute and when i make music it gathers all those thoughts and it puts them into one place or it's you know in the case of zero set music it's a lot of escapism and so you know the, for me these records aren't finished when i make a sale these records are finished when i'm done with it and i'm listening to it and i think it's perfect then the record is finished like i've I sit on unreleased albums for years sometimes, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. And it's just it's just because it's not really that important for for me to make a sale on it. So no, Yeah, I, I wanna be releasing more on labels, but I do I do sometimes just sometimes I just come into like conflict with that whole process. And sometimes they don't like my music, so that's another thing too. <laughs> It's one way or the other. You know, I I totally understand that, man. Um, So I always ask my uh, guests this. If you could go back and tell yourself something 10 years ago, or um, if you could give one piece of advice to 
up-and-coming producers listening to this, um, what piece of advice would you give yourself or them? That's a tough one. I I would say learn more and talk to more people. You know, I I've always like pushed for learning as a big thing. Like I'm I'm a big like proponent of like education in all forms. I'm a big proponent of of taking music into your everyday life and actually like incorporating the practice of music into a healthy lifestyle. I think that like continuing to learn and evolve and like become a part of a community is a big part of that. And I didn't spend a lot of my career focusing on uh, community. And I wish I'd done that more because, you know, I think it's, I think it's really important for the development of anybody as like not only a person, but as an artist. Nice, man. That's a really good piece of advice right there. Um, so I guess, um, <clears throat> last question before the last question, um, if you could recommend anybody for third coast space radio, who would you recommend? I know you got a lot of people. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, I'm a prolific music listener. Um, let me think here. There's a, man, there's a number of artists. I think that's uh, good lord, man. That's a big question, isn't it? <laughs> I think there's a couple. Of, there's a couple of people that don't make music as often as they used to that I would like to see um, do that. They're all UK artists, though. It seems like the like the industry over there is really strange because it kind of gathers into these sort of like corners and doesn't really talk to each other. There's um yeah. There's an artist named LTGL who hasn't created music for a long time. Uh, my, my friend K the Infinite is an amazing like vocalist and producer. Does some hip-hop stuff. I think I'd like to see Noah the Boy come on to your radio if you ever get the chance to get him because he's always on some other shit. He, he's always on some other shit. And his new music, he's he just seems really hyped on his new music. He says that it's the, the kind of stuff that he wishes that he'd been making for the last like three or four years. Yeah, I'm actually uh, supporting uh, Noah the Boy on Patreon right now. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He's he's been helping me out with some of my tracks, and it's been fucking amazing. So hopefully he can get some free time. And shit, dude, I would love to get people from the UK on this as well. It's just we're barely on episode six, and I mean, just having you and So Sus on this episode is a a huge accomplishment in itself. So we're hoping that as the seasons progress and, you know, as shit moves forward, we can start reaching out to artists and hopefully they have time, you know, to bless us with some of their music as you guys are doing today and currently, you know? Yeah, I, th I think it's great that you focus on your local scene a lot too. You know, I think that if we had had people doing that kind of thing when, when I started making music in Milwaukee, the scene would be a lot more progressed out there than it is. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much, you know, unscathed talent everywhere. And I, that's that's one of our main reasons for doing this, because it's just a lot of people out there. They don't necessarily care about the fame or the fortune or any of that shit either. They just they want to be heard and I want them to be heard as well. So this is a platform for that, you know. Yeah, they want to make something new and they want to share it. For sure. So, um, 
If anybody wants to find you, Zero Tep, or any of your music projects that you want to drop right now, um, where can they find you on social media? Uh, Subviolet Records. If you Google that, uh, you'll probably come out to the right place. Uh, I'm on Twitter under my own name, uh, Kalen Bonet. Uh, it's going to be a nightmare to spell it, so I'd probably just look up Subviolet Records or <laughs> Zero Tep, Zero T-E-P. Um, if I did my job right, uh, all that Googling should give you the first page of results. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing uh, I'm going to have to have a special episode about, dude. Search engine optimization is it's key if you guys are really trying to make some shit happen. Oh my God, I had a class about that in high school of all things, and I thought that it was the biggest waste of time, <laughs> and it turns out that uh, it wasn't at all. It was totally right on and super useful. <laughs> Definitely, man. So, yeah, man, I just want to thank you once again for um, being on our radio show. Um, we're super fucking excited to have you at Compression Festival. Um, it's just been just been the honor, man. And I just want to thank you for your time and your space and energy, man, for today. Well, thank you, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. For sure, man. All right, so we'll talk to you later, boss. Yeah, of course. Have a great one.
so what? I ain't even taking on torso. Uh, damn. Last girl signed a divorce, so what? Now I'm focused and we about to all blow up. We just trying to make a whole crap.
This shit is so sus. Yeah. 
record play and get your head knocking. All I do is 
anything besides I guess learning recorder in the first grade um, what I can do though is kind of play by ear kind of figure out songs on a piano and kind of that skill that I just always had has been the only thing really getting me by all this time um, in terms of musical influences um, I'd say when it comes to bigger artists, definitely people like Boombox Cartel, Crane, Graves, and Whipped Cream are probably where I get most of my inspiration from. But I would say uh, in the last, especially year, what's been a bigger part of inspiring me is uh, my friends. Um, also, I just happen to be friends with insanely talented producers, but listening to their songs, you know, and since we share stuff so often and we, we just, I don't know, it's hard not to get kind of influenced by stuff you like from your friends. Um, I'd say people like Causeway, John Casey, Elix, Bowie, and more Kismet are probably the my biggest influences. Um, and as much as most of my music is trap, 
Um, I would say that a lot of my songs is always an element of like club or drum and bass. So I guess as genres, they are also really, you know, somehow part of the mix these days for me. Uh, as for Choice for Dar, I use Ableton. Um, I've used most of the maybe JAWS like uh, Logic, Ableton, Reason, Reaper, even Studio One. Um, and Ableton is the one that worked best for me. First things first, the warping mode is amazing. So it's great for doing like flips and remixes. Um, but it doesn't really matter what door you use. You can make anything and anything. You can make it work. Um, the only thing I will say is it makes it a little bit easier to work on collabs when you can look at the project file instead of stems. Um, I prefer project file over stems. I know there's some people who prefer stems. But, uh, and I know just most of the people that I end up talking to and want to work with use Ableton. So it kind of makes it easy that, you know, I use Ableton too. Mm. If you're just starting out, um, my biggest piece of advice would be to work on music at least two hours every day. Um, if you can do that, in no time, you'll be like killing it and just making amazing music. It'll just happen. It, it just happens. That time commitment um, means a lot. Um, and at times, the going is uh, slow and frustrating. Um, but, uh, you know, if it's, if it's worth it to you, then you should do it. And when I say working on music, it could be anything from making samples, sound design, actually working on songs. Like, there's so many things that you can do if you're not feeling super creative that can help, you know, make your music, making better. Like, sometimes I don't feel like making a song and I'll just organize samples. Um, all right. Um, I just want to quickly talk about some stuff that's going on for me um, next month. Uh, got a huge official remix coming out. Um, I'm kind of not sure if I'm supposed to even be talking about it, but um, Big Clue, it's the last mic last track in my mix. Um, so look out for that one. Also next month, I got a track coming out with uh, John Casey. It's definitely one of my favorite songs of my, my favorite songs from myself, which is a weird thing to say, but um, it's really interesting, really cool, melodic and trappy. So yeah, uh, Look, be on the lookout for that. Um, but yeah, if you're looking to find me, uh, my handle is Sosas Music on all the different platforms. Um, and feel free to send me music. Like, I'm always happy to listen to music and give people feedback. Um, and also, um, I just want to shout out everyone at my collective crystals. Um, everyone there is great. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you guys are my friends. And uh, we make cool music together and put it out. Um, also, as a side note, uh, my collective is releasing a compilation in the next few months, and submissions are open to absolutely everyone. Um, if you want to possibly be featured, just send your tracks to uh, wearecrystals at gmail.com. And uh, if we like it, it'll be on. We'll put it out. It'll be great. And I think... Uh, it would be great to feature some of my homies, John Casey, Alex Amu, more kismet. I think they'd be really great on the show. Yo, so there we have it, y'all. That was so sus, Helen from Canada. Uh, it was such a special episode today, man. We had some producers, not necessarily local to the South, but it was just an honor to have them in our presence, yo. I hope you guys enjoy today's show, Third Coast Base Radio. 
Season 1, Episode 6, yo. Be sure to check us out on all platforms, media, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, whatever, man. Uh, be sure to follow us, Facebook, Instagram, anything. Just look up Third Coast Space Radio. We do this for your ears, y'all. Have a good one. Peace out. Blip.